No worries. Toddlers are being a pain. His toddlers being a pain. I have the tree. I have the tree beard staff. Is that what that is? Tree beard? Uh, Okay, let me put it this way. This was payment for the gaming con. This is my new walking stick. Nice. It is. Someone handcrafted it. I can tell this. I can see where it is. They never finished it. It's a man. It's a bearded man with with his mustache turning into leaves and leaves on the side and all around. And there's an ag- acorn here. I'm calling it tree beard. Makes sense. Nice. All right, let's get this. Sh- let's get this shindig started. So. <laughs> Listening audience, you might be wondering, where's the regular introduction of what's going on? All this good stuff. Well, here. So here's the tea, kids. So last minute, we had uh, our lovable Umbral Talon, a.k.a. Chris, uh, not feeling too well. So he uh, is resting right now and he's not with us. So basically, I asked the rest of my players and we came to an agreement that where we are currently in the buildup to our next pay-per-view, we it would be it would be a disservice to continue on without Chris because he is an important member of this cast. And plus, it's kind of hard to rewrite a wrestler storyline, especially when they're quote unquote not on TV like the real thing. I as mean, much, it's it's as, easy to rewrite it. It's hard to do it well. Right. That's yes, the thing. Yeah. That and, part. And, and as much as the man hates me, the, the manager, Jad. I agree that we have to wait for him. So that's why that's why I set fire to the stage. That part. So (laughs) that's why tonight, instead of pulling a Vince McMahon and having the script ripped up and rewritten like an hour before the show. Oh, Vince. We just decided that we're just going to do just another like wrestling episode where we just talk about things. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, think of it as like a time capsule. but. We're recording this live in the moment because it is currently August 2nd and the last two weeks wrestling fans have shit has went down. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, let, let me put it this way. So much shit has went down that I heard about it and I don't even watch wrestling. That's what I'm saying. Say, wrestling fans have shit like you. I was waiting to see if that was the end of your statement. Because <laughs> wrestling fans shit has Just went like, down. Over the weekend, wrestling fans all crapped them trousers. They had no chance. I mean, I figuratively did, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Figuratively. How does one figuratively crap themselves? Like, because no. I, wait, we'll, wait, ta- wait, wait, wait. we'll talk quick. about it. I'm Echo. He's Mikey. Mini Boss has not spoken yet, I believe. Oh, I just laughed my ass off. That's about it. <laughs> and, course, and, there, and there's the professor. Yeah, so in, currently joining us, you have myself, Mikey, the ringleader of this game, along with my players, Echo, Minnie, and Professor John. Our nerdy Puerto Rican, Adolfo, will hopefully be joining us in a little bit. He had to go take care of some personal stuff. And then, of course, go show some love to our Umbral talent, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Puppy Riku, on all the social medias, as well as the DM for the Academy. Show him some love. Wish him, you know, good stuff. And yeah, so. All right. So before we dive into this, so to go over kind of base, this is going to be all over the place. So listening audience if you kind of don't like these special episodes and go feel free to go to the next episode but it would behoove you to listen especially for those of you who'd be like hmm these guys are passionate if you like this 
This might be. We're going to be all over the place tonight. Yeah, we're going to talk a bunch of shit because we can. I will do the translations for the re- for the non wrestling fans by giving out <laughs> so, quote, quotes of movies and other stuff that's similar to. Just to add to the conversation, we love it. But again, we're going to be all over the place tonight, but just some of the few things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about actually Vince McMahon actually retiring and stepping down from everything because that literally happened only like two weeks ago. So I was just like, that was a whole thing. And then we're just going to talk about basically the ramifications that happened because a lot of things happened as soon as Vince retired. There were some new positions created. Some new people got into power over at WWE. We'll also talk about how that affected the SummerSlam pay-per-view this past weekend. And then I may or may not be talking about how kinky I really am because something happened on Monday Night Raw that awakened a lot of things in me. And Minnie is going to back me up on this. Oh, that's why you figuratively shit yourself. That's your thing. Okay. You have a shit thing. Hey, Mikey, you have to correct me on this translation. The emperor has died, aka retired, and new new positions opened up for all the warlords, correct? Yeah. And then Anakin shit himself. That's exactly what Mikey did. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about the emperor, let's just dive into this. So, right now, three out of the four of us that are currently sitting in this call uh, are wrestling fans. Some of us have been around it longer, some of us newer, but like, even if you're not a wrestling fan, everyone has heard the name Vincent Kennedy McMahon or Vince McMahon for short. Like, yep. even if you're not a wrestling fan, like that name is synonymous across the board with just a lot of stuff. Well, so last time we talked about him on one of our special episodes, we were just barely getting started onto the hush money and scandals and the NDAs that were coming out. Right. And then we briefly talked about how he was coming out on TV on the weekly shows while this was going down. And he basically gave a proverbial middle finger to the world because that's Vince McMahon's ego. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so about two weeks ago on a random ass Friday, I wake up from a nap and I check my Twitter and it is just flooded with all the news outlets, wrestling and even some of the mainstream ones, too, like CNN and Fox Sports, even like the New York Post. I'm just like, what is happening? And I see that Vincent Kennedy McMahon at the age of 78 has retired from WWE as CEO and has like, that's what he put out. I was like, I had a moment in my life. I was just like, nah, this can't be real. (laughs) In a good way or in a bad way? I thought it was a joke. I was like, no, nah, that's here's okay. So let me let me let me, let me you're saying it like you had some kind of reverence for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh hell no! So let me just make this so. position clear. I was like, wait a minute. If you're gonna run your mouth, run your mouth. That guy was horrible. Yeah. Oh, so no. like, here's the thing. Vincent <laughs> will give Vince credit in the sense that he has done a lot for the wrestling entertainment industry across the board. Amazing but him stuff. as an actual person is garbage. A horrible person. A horrible person. This can be true. That's why I called him the Emperor. Yeah, Vince hasn't done anything really good for WWE since what? Since the Montreal Screwjob. I mean, you got the Montreal Screwjob. Like, there's a lot of horrible things. Like, you could argue, like, what, 2005 or 6? It's gone exponentially down. 
as far as Vince holding. It went downhill when he decided to do Brandy and Paul. Red, uh, panty and bra matches. What you mean? I mean, then there's it's that. 2020. Right? Here's That's the thing. It. So, like, I was joking with a friend about that when this was before Vince retired, but just the way that the weekly Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, well, NXT 2.0 has its different issues. I'll get into that in a little bit, but Raw and SmackDown, I was just like, the way it was going, I was just like, I'm, I was half joking, but I was really afraid. I was like, they're going to bring back the bra and panty matches for this women's division. I can already feel it. Like, I was so frightened. I'm like, it is 2022. Like, we can't. Okay, here's the thing. Like, we can't objectify. I don't want to say we can't objectify men and women, but I also objectify men and women as being your resident bisexual in this piece. But at the same time, though. Wait, did you say sextical? Is that what you just said? I said a bisexual because like a bicycle, I go both ways down the street. (laughs) Dude, my friend, that was adorable. Carry on, Carry, keep going. Hey, this is why we love Mikey. And if we do, and if we do objectify, it must be equal on both sides. I'm just let me say, I'm just a whore. Okay, like it's no secret. I mean, everyone has a hobby. I'm not judging yeah. you, Mikey. But All the of, point I mean, being is, is that I, I never liked that type of match stipulation. Those poor women. It it was it was it was it wasn't it was a dark time. And also the Divas era of WWE was also a dark time. I agree. And I think what's horrifying, not to go too dark deep down that rabbit hole, but all of the different forms of entertainment the Divas have had to turn to to make any money since then, sadly, and the ones that have not come back from that or have led into depressions or suicide or addictions or whatnot, they got destroyed by that industry. At under Vince's command, right? Like they, a lot of them did not come back from that. No, and it's it's crazy. But all to say, so yeah, I wake up and I see that Vince has retired. I had to double check all my sources that I get from news for wrestling to make sure it was the truth, and everybody was confirming the same thing. And there was this little jaded part of me that was like, "This is a work." I'm like, I can't believe he's actually retiring because I thought in my lifetime the only time I would see Vince McMahon leave as ceo of wwe is that that man died on the throne <laughs> but the well, you fact and, you and Minnie would know wasn't there like a faux retirement not too long ago there was like every other year he does the faux retirement I was gonna say, like every few years they're sort of like i'm taking a step back and then jane messes never up or steph does something or or whatever so but, so basically, so basically we have the emperor refusing to leave several times. He's like, I'm going out. you kids can handle it. No, you can't, I'm back. And well, now okay. the official. So at first so, so this boy. happened on Friday. I was like, Well damn, he's actually retiring. I'm, and then I put my investigative reporter hat on and started doing some digging. I was like, Okay, if he's actually putting this out and actually retiring, either something really bad is hiding in his closet. And it's about to come out. So I'm like, okay, what's about to go down? And sure enough, not even a couple days later, we get a report saying that the hush money that Vince paid, like paid these women off with the NDAs and stuff like that. It was, I was like, oh, okay, you know what? He probably used his own personal money. He makes millions. Like it makes sense. No, this man has reported to use company funds to pay off these women and did not put it into the company funds like agenda of spending money. They basically Al Caponed him with this. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And that was the big thing, right? Like if once that comes out, the board was going to vote to remove him because he had basically stolen $14 million of worth of 
Dumbass. Company okay, okay. funds, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I'm like, oh my okay. gosh. I mean, it's a drop in the bucket, but even still. Who's his lawyer? I want to know the, who's the lawyer. Because I want to know if the lawyer gave him the advice for this. Or not. I mean, the lawyer probably didn't want to touch it and be like, oh, you're going to do what? I quit. <laughs> Goodbye. I well, know, here's but... the thing, too. Because, like, and this is just what Vince has projected on my television screen. The character versus the actual person. He has a big ego. So like I like when he came out, when all this news initially dropped of him having affairs and stuff like that with the hush money and stuff, he still went out on the weekly television product. And it scared me because fans were still cheering for him. I'm like, OK, like the character is one thing, but I'm like, I can't. This is one of the few times where I can't separate the character and the person because sometimes they're both the same person. I'm like, yeah, I I, again, as a film and TV person, like I wouldn't trust too much of the fan reaction that you see unless you were there live. Because I wonder how many boos got edited out or what canned screaming and cheering they had that they actually put out on the production every time Vince mm-hmm. went out there. Um, I'm just saying, I think Vince looks, I don't want to judge and be a dick, but Vince looks like the crit keeper, man. Like Vince does not look good. He's been hanging out in that taco truck ripping up scripts for too long like he looked terrible let, okay let, let me see what vince vince mcmahon looks like look at vince now, now not 20 years ago when he yeah, was on steroids not, yeah, not when he was on muscle muscle weekly that dude, it, I, there was a time where vince looked ridiculously good as an old he old has guy. like you think mikey's a whore that man was a whore for big chested box you gotta be kidding me if you weren't if you weren't 6'6", 290 pounds of solid muscle, you were touching no championship belts. Because that does not look make Vince's dick hard. <laughs> but it's but it's true. Vince likes the big, like muscly dudes, and he all and usually some of them can, are, can wrestle very well, but most of them cannot. They can only do like four or five moves, and then that is it. Well, that's what Vince and I, and this is kind of I don't want to. I hate ragging on people, but I think Vince kind of deserves it. Vince is notorious for this, right? Like Vince was always yep. casting these folks who were like, yep. oh, I'll turn them into a wrestler. And they were awful. Even Hulk Hogan was terrible. Don't was tell my friend. not a good wrestler. <laughs> Nobody liked Terry Bollea ever. But Vince was like, oh, you got blonde hair. You're six seven. Same right. thing with the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior was like, like I, dude, yes, pop crowns. He can do like two moves. That was it. Yeah. And he was in the same area as Bret Hart. And that was the Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase story, right? Where every time he wrestled the Ultimate Warrior, he was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. Because he's just like, all he's going to do is clothesline me and then go ape shit. Like, I'm, I can't wrestle you. Clothesline me and then he's going to go do a standing like frog splash. Yeah. Not even from the top rope. It was... Just grab the rope and go... Rah, 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 and then... Head down. <laughs> Exactly like that. Just like, a, just like a motorcycle underwater, just like that. No offense. Yeah. RIP to the Ultimate Warrior. You're, you know, you pop crowds. You did your job of popping crowds, but changed. I, you could argue that the Ultimate Warrior kind of changed promos forever because you don't even mm-hmm. have to. You don't even have to speak English to do a promo. You could just do gibberish and say strange things out it's, loud, and people love you for it. It. Yeah, but all to say is, is like so. While Echo looks up a picture, or if he already did, but yeah, so. Literally, then we come to find. So that's 
I'm pretty sure that's why Vince is no longer there because that dropped and it's just like, oh, that's really bad. You use company funds for this. So, yeah, you're done. I would be shocked if I saw him back in a position of power within the next couple of years. I will be shocked. Let me put it this way. We called him the Emperor. Don't forget what happens in the in the rise of Skywalker. That part. He will come back. I hope not. Like, I can't. Like, at 29 years old here, I can't. I'm not. mm. But anyways, so that was just the that was just the initial tidal wave. And then we're just like, okay. once that comes out, then I was just like, okay. so then they're like, oh, yeah, you still got Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard. And, you know, still there. I'm just like, well, the show is still going to be shit. So we'll see how that comes. Not even like a day and a half after that breaks. Be like breaking news. Triple H is. Well, I knew at this point, Triple H was already. He took over Johnny Laurinaitis's new position of talent relations. I'm like, because Johnny Laurinaitis is also trash. (laughs) And yeah, and he mm. anyways. But then breaking news, Triple H is now in creative control of all WWE weekly television. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) And Um, I got um, I I kid you not. Like, I popped so hard when I read that. I'm like, holy shit. You, I think you shot me a text immediately after that happened. Like, look! Mini look! I was like, oh yeah. I, I wish I was pro wrestling because this. That sounds awesome. It's so like- let me so let me explain why I popped so hard. So, for those of you who don't know wrestling fans, just keep saying that phrase that makes me happy. Keep going, Mike. Be like, you pop, mm-hmm. you pop so hard. Mm hmm. I'll say it. I got a boner for it <laughs> because hey, here's you put why. it out there. It's your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the point being is that the reason that I was so excited is because for those of you wrestling, for those of you non wrestling fans, Triple H from 2000. And, so Triple H is now in control of the three weekly television shows for WWE as far as creative goes. So Raw on Mondays. NXT 2.0 on Tuesdays and SmackDown on Fridays, right? So the reason that us true wrestling fans got excited when we heard that Triple H was back into creative control is because Triple H and his team back in NXT 1.0 or NXT Black and Gold, like the original NXT brand, created probably the strongest of the three weekly TV shows. And that was considered the developmental brand of WWE. But Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William William Regal, and just a bunch of some of the old timers like were working in NXT. And from 2015 to I'll even say 2018, like that was the strongest wrestling WWE has ever had because we got... So many of the current talent and so many big stars. So like you had Seth Rollins, Big E, Bianca Belair, the Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Like you had that generation of wrestlers like start the NXT black and gold brand. And they had some banger match. Shinsuke Nakamura, too, was a part of that, like. That generation was great. And then the generation that came after gave us the newer stars you're seeing on the main roster right now. Bianca Belair, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai. Uh, oh, I forgot Asuka, too. How can I forget Asuka, man? But just like 
It was well, on top. They also like they pushed divisions that normally wouldn't be pushed. So the all around was a good show. Their tag division was insane. You know, on top, the women's division was probably the best ever have been. And then that's like they're all pushed to the same level as men's singles. So like you have like American Alpha. You had I mean Enzo and Cass was in, back then during the NXT days incredible. Like you have all these insanely good tag teams on top of the four horsemen, the four women horsemen. It's a very, very, very respected and well-rounded women's division on top of their already insanely talented men's division. So everything came together instead of like, we just throw our big guys in front of each other and see if they break a table. It, it was... So, and Go for it. Translation to all non-wrestling fans. Another Star Wars one here. This is like... If Dave, Fil- Dave Filoni was evil... I know that's not possible. He's a great man. But if he was evil and he was disposed, this is like one of the Star Wars voice actors who who knows what how the shows go, how it goes, if they took over, correct? Yes. So Triple H Thank has you. such a good IQ and an eye for like making good content for wrestling. Like it was some of the strongest stuff. And then just to follow the series of events. So when AEW was starting out, like I want to say by the end of its first year and it started becoming a good alternative to WWE, Vince made the decision to put NXT against AEW on what we call the Wednesday night wars. So they would try, they both would go at it to try to get viewership. Ultimately NXT lost that war because then they moved back to Tuesdays. And then once that happened, everything went downhill Basically, Vince punished, and I don't care what nobody says, Vince punished Triple H for quote-unquote losing the war, but Triple H didn't even want to do it to begin with. But, you know, it's a touchy subject when you're working with your father-in-law. But once NXT got moved back to Tuesdays back in like late 2018, early 2019, everything for NXT started going downhill. Like, people were getting let go. People were brought up to the main roster with and out without them telling triple h so like you have feuds that just had to get dropped out of nowhere on nxt and then what nailed the you what put the nail in the coffin was when triple h had to go away because of his health vince took over rebranded it to nxt 2.0 and like it died like black and gold was officially dead 2.0 was a new thing it looks like nickelodeon's vomited all over the place because it's like brightly colored now, I will give NXT 2.0 credit because now it's officially developmental and there's actually a lot of good people on there that I want to see because I can't knock developmental because NXT is what got us Bianca Belair, who was developmental and now she's a megastar in the main roster. Like, it took her a while, but the process does work. So, like, Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Braun Breaker the son of good old scott steiner so that's fun oh no really he's he can't cut i mean he's a somewhat a better promo than his dad but like oh man he his promo work needs work you know you could be boxer watch and cut a better promo than scott steiner except for the one promo (laughs) 
But if you yeah. watch one of our episodes of Friday Night Fights, I do directly quote that promo. Check it out. Yeah, go check out <laughs> that episode because right. he actually did. It was so good. I, but this, and this is yeah. and you you guys might know a little bit more because I I'm slowly catching up since we started this podcast and other things. Triple H is really good at developmental and developing talent and stuff, right? Like that's always kind of been. He likes Triple to put H's. a sh- he, hey. he likes to put a shine on good wrestling. So that's that's the yeah, best way to put it. Like he. he because what was that? Re- there was the reality show they had for I don't know a handful of years, where it was Triple H and Al Snow that were doing developmental stuff. Yeah, it was because they did Tough Enough back in the day. Tough and Enough, then... that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and Triple H was really known. That was him. hilarious because they he came in and fucked with people and he'd be like, "Do it, bro. Your balls are hanging out." Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what that came from. Where it's like, "Oh, by the way, your balls are hanging out of your shorts when you do that." And that poor guy was like, "Oh man, was I gonna <laughs> be on the show?" Oh, it, it, I, but I don't know. He has such an eye, but yeah, so. When that news hit with Triple HB to charge a creative, I was like, I'm just going to I'm optimistically hopeful, but I know it's going to take some time for us to truly start seeing it. And then let us just get to SummerSlam because Triple H was just like, oh, y'all wanted a twist, eh? So he just dropped like. SummerSlam is the last Vince McMahon pay-per-view, so because a lot of the same stuff still happened, but there was Triple H just basically let loose and be like oh okay let me make a statement on this show so really quickly just to go over SummerSlam the pay-per-view I actually thought was really good the opening match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title was a banger and I didn't know about this until afterwards that Becky was wrestling with the separated shoulder the entire match (laughs) oh woof I saw a replay I did not know that wow like when they say, oh, she has an injury. I'm like, when did she get injured during the match? And then she's like, oh, she had the injury way before the match even started. So I'm like, and she worked with, oh, mm, see, mm, okay. So Becky's going to be out for a couple months, but good on her because she, that, on Monday, she turned back to the man, Becky Lynch. So she's a face now. So that's good. I love her being a face more than a heel, but that's great. Hey, yeah. Real quick, real quick on Becky Lynch. Did you guys see on WWE posted on Twitter? Uh, who is the better double champ, Roman Reigns or Becky Lynch? And she went, me, because I actually show up. Yes, I did. Damn. Damn. I heard it Roman was... Reigns was getting dragged for something like that. Uh, we'll get into that because, like, and I don't blame Roman Reigns. Like, the man wants to take a break. Like, let him. But, like, again, this was a Vince, mix- this was a Vince mistake by putting the both your main titles on one man who wants to take a break off of television. I... This is a sidebar, and and Maggie, you can get back to your tangent. I have not understood. Maybe it's because I was late to the game and I don't understand. A lot of people don't did not like Roman Reigns forever, and then they kind of like Roman Reigns, and then Roman Reigns got sick, right? Okay, so let's go and through then, this. Yeah, let's go Roman through this timeline. Yeah, I don't know the Roman Reigns timeline. Is, is so here we go. So let me give this quick timeline. So the, we'll start after the Shield broke up. So. The Shield was the okay. faction of Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, who is now John Moxley in AEW. They've been milking the shit out of. The Shield was right. probably one of the one of the good modern factions to come out of like okay. two thousand the two thousand two thousand ten uh, WWE. But anyways, right. so once they broke up, Roman Reigns went to be a is was being pushed to be a single star. So the timeline is as follows: No blame on Roman Reigns, but. Higher ups were trying to 
unnaturally force Roman Reigns as your face so the audience couldn't get behind him because he was being pushed down our throats, kind of like what John Cena did for a little bit. So I remember, yes. So yeah, so that happened. And so no matter what Roman did, like, because he was the face, like everyone was not cheering for him and were booing him because they were being pushed down the throat. Then at this point in like, he got the universal championship, but then he relinquished it because he cut a promo on raw and he got real. And he's like, y'all, I have my leukemia came back, like cancer came back. So I have to relinquish this title. I'm gonna go through chemo and I will be back when I beat it. So it was, it was really sad because then people, that was the one moment. Cause that was the realest promo. Like I looked at people on the internet. It's like, if y'all talk shit about this promo, you are a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah. There was a whole issue when, um, the whole feud between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose came up and they're using his leukemia as a portion of it. People were pissed. It I was mean, yeah. a nightmare. That's, ah, uh, fuck. I knew so, he, I, that's what it was, the leukemia. I couldn't quite remember. But yeah, I know that he, there was a whole, there's a whole dips and turns that I don't know. But please continue, yes. Yeah, so he went away for about two years and then he came back on a episode of Monday Night Raw and he cut an in-ring promo and he basically said that he beat it. And that was the loudest pop that people gave Roman Reigns at that time. And so like because he had beat cancer, he was going to be coming back shortly once everything was good to go with the doctors. And it was just a feel good moment. So at that point is when people started to get behind Roman Reigns because you can't boo a cancer survivor. You can't. <laughs> I mean, you can. You shouldn't. I mean, you can. But, yeah. 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 Like you're. There's. A I mean, there were still a few people because people like to be haters, but I think because he naturally got that reaction, then people were more behind him, and then he was on the rise for a little bit, and then the pandemic hit. So because of his leukemia and his immunocompromisedness, like he was nowhere to be seen at, for the initial like pandemic era shows and pay per views and stuff like that. And then SummerSlam 2019 came about. <laughs> was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. Well, if, it's if it's pandemic, it's got to be after 2020, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. So SummerSlam 20. Yeah. Oh, damn. Timelines all pandemic. Ah, messed up my time, sense of time. time doesn't matter anymore. The last five years. Are no, the same. OK, so SummerSlam 2020 oh. comes and it is for the universal title match between Braun Strowman and the fiend bray wyatt so and then it became a triple threat because roman reigns came in and just cleared house and he became the champion and he's been holding on to that championship ever since SummerSlam of 2020 so fast forward to SummerSlam of 2022 we'll get into that match but bianca and becky was amazing i can't believe these next words out of my mouth are gonna come but i thought the logan paul Miz match was actually pretty good logan paul actually was good I'm not gonna lie, I, I you know, I heard he hit about fifteen hundred moves and missed hit about two. But I'm gonna put it this way: when I first heard Logan Paul was going into wrestling, and he was gonna be one of the most paid wrestlers, I was, I was like, I call bullshit. I don't know what's happening. I still call bullshit. I mean, Logan Paul's they... making money taking dives and fights. Uh I. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a boxer. You ain't fought no one for reals in whatever. Uh, I heard this, and this was one of the things that blew up my Twitter the other day, even though I did not 
I have not watched SummerSlam yet was that that match was actually great. And then there was this ridiculous uh, AJ Styles, like this weird triple pin thing. Did you see this? You must. Have okay, seen so we'll get into that. that but was s- fucking amazing. Yeah, but Miz and Logan was good. Oh, and then I forgot going back to Triple H. Just be like, oh, you wanted to Twitch today on SummerSlam, like. Right. As, so Becky and Bianca's match is over. Storytelling was great because then Bianca, Becky hugged Bianca afterwards, so that signified a good face turn. And then all of a sudden, this music hits, and Bailey's finally back after two years of being all on right. the injured list. And then really I was like, done. oh, cool, because like we were going to get Bailey versus Bianca before the injury. So I'm like, okay, we're going to continue this. See, I love me some continuity. And then <laughs> more music hits. I'm like, what is going on? And then I see a returning Dakota Kai who got released by WWE. And this is a recent round of NXT releases back in April. She's back in NXT. And so now she's on WWE main roster. I'm like, oh, sick. Okay, so Bailey and Dakota are a team now. And then in one more song hits. And who is it? It is my genius of the sky from NXT, Io Shirai. Asuka's rival in the, like across the women's division in Japan is now part of this faction with Bailey. And my, I was just like, Triple H just shit on everyone. Like, <laughs> that's where the shit on everyone came from. Oh. I lost my mind. I was like, Bailey's back. I was excited. Dakota Kai got rehired, which was amazing. And Io Shirai is now on main roster. The Raw Women's Division is a, just got a big upgrade. It's insane. But um, I was, I was, in, I was in heaven. I need to. I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast previously. I don't know if I have or not. Uh, was Shotzi Blackheart in Slam over the weekend? She was not on SummerSlam, but I will say this on SmackDown on Friday because this, not this past Monday, but the go-home shows for Raw and SmackDown is when Triple H was in charge. Shotzi actually won her match on SmackDown. Shoot, okay. She Shot- finally won a match on SmackDown. Shotzi is... I, she would never remember me. She's the coolest. I did a horror movie with Shotzi Blackheart. I remember you about, telling the story. Yeah, I remember that too. And I had no yep. idea how, like, she was a big star over in Oakland. Like, she was killing it. She was jumping off the rafters and doing crazy backyard wrestling style stuff. She was a, she was kind of a local star then. Um, her and her Instagram is just filled with stuff. And every time I'm like, I knew you. Ah, you're amazing. I saw like you I covered s- in blood. Yeah, when she came to NXT because she was still she was there when Triple H was still there, like she was good. And then I was excited when she got called up to the main roster and then Vince screwed her up. So I'm hoping with Triple H there, she gets back on that right track. But she's back also not summer, she's yeah. not very big. Like she's she's got a small frame and figure, but she could do amazing stuff. Yeah, she's it, cool as hell. Sorry, crazy. everyone blitz and attacked. It, they're good. Don't worry about it. So let's get, so quickly going back to yes, SummerSlam. So after that, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory was fine for what it was. Bobby retained the U.S. title, so that was good. Um, what else? What else was there? Oh, um, Judgment Day versus the Mysterios was okay. Edge returned, no shocker there. Um, Rhea Ripley's outfit though did some things. So I was like, Rhea- what? So, okay, so here's what I like during that match, and I will give credit to this. Rhea Ripley was actually willing to fight the men. I was like, this is what I want. Rhea Ripley can fight she men. She did both of them. 
I know. And we'll get into that on Monday Night Raw, what she did to Dominic Mysterio. But (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, Edge returned. The Mysterios won. I felt like they didn't need to because Judgment Day has lost every single match since they kicked Edge out of the group. But, you know, it is what it is. I was disappointed by the tag team championships match because Street Profits and Usos killed it at Money in the Bank. And this one was fine. But we're planting seeds for the Street Profits to break up, which I'm sad about. But it is what it is. Um, What else? The Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey match actually got cut for time because Miz and Logan Paul went over time a little bit. So that match was only like seven minutes. Liv beat Ronda, but it was like a screwy finish because the ref didn't see Liv tap out to the arm bar while she was pinning Ronda. And then Ronda turned heel. So that was fine. So we'll see what happens with that. Are they still pushing Ronda really hard? Like they really want to make Ronda a thing. Well, here's here's what I say. Heel Ronda works better for me as a character versus face Ronda. So heel Ronda will just talk shit, tell you that your mother failed you and like beat asses. So that's all I need. But like, I don't know. Maybe she's improved. I remember watching her. Now, I will she, say, though, she, need, first she needs to get a makeup artist because I know she does her own makeup and I try not to like harp <laughs> on wrestlers appearances. But her eye makeup is horrible. <laughs> she's the higher makeup artist. Or get one of the other women to do it for her. She's got to get Rhea Ripley to do it and just sort of. No, no facts like Rhea Ripley could do it because Rhea Ripley. Uh, anyways, Rhea Ripley is amazing. But yes, anyways. no, she is. Yeah. Now, this f- main event, the last minute. Oh, yeah. And I forgot Jeff Jarrett was the special guest referee, but he didn't really what do nothing. What the hell is that? So Jarrett keeps showing up. I'm and- not mad. Listen, if he wants to come back as a part timer and be a heel, like I'm not mad at it. No, we'll get into either. We'll get into Legends whole... returning because NXT blew my mind when they brought somebody back. I jumped so. on Twitter and there was a whole Road Dog Jarrett exchange going on where Road Dog, Old Dog, Road Dog, Jesse James was talking all kinds of trash about something else. And then Jarrett was Oof. confirmed Road as the Road Dog is talking out of his mouth right now because like he. He's not I even there, wanna... right? He's not doing anything. Well, he got let go because he was part of Triple H's crew in NXT. And then when the cuts happened, he got let go. But he's not helping himself by bashing WWE and bashing AEW and then also asking it that he's free if they want him. I'm like, that's not how that works. But anyways, a full grown ass white man wearing cornrows in 2020. Like, no, this guy <laughs> that, is a new metal mock up. What are you doing, man? That is that is very true. Those guys are out in the last Kmart up here in the north state of California, hanging out, Jeez. stealing catalytic converters. Like, what are you doing? But it is. It is bananas, but yeah, so, and then the main event was um, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and they just destroyed everything. Awesome. You stopped talking all of a sudden, Mikey. Say it again. Sorry, somebody was talking to me. Oh, no, I was like, you were speaking to the ether, and I was like, no, I want to hear it. Yeah, Brock would have tracked the ring and just looked the entire ring up with the tracker. Wait, what? yeah, I'll send. I'll send you the clip. It is ridiculous. <laughs> what? Ah, uh, Minnesotans. Is there anything they can't do? But no, SummerSlam was a fun oh, no. time. Sorry, Brock. Brock, don't hurt me. I didn't mean to mix up Dakota. No, it's me. fine. Please don't hurt me. SummerSlam was a great thing, and then just at the time of this recording, Monday Night Raw was actually pretty decent. I gotta catch up on some of the. Well, I could watch. SummerSlam on on the Peacock. I have that. But um, yeah, 
it was it was a good time overall. Okay, so let's get into this. So I have a conspiracy theory real quick. So all this well, I think it's a good one. So this is just my this is just my conspiracy theory because like looking at everything that transpired between the timeline of when Vince retired and then Triple A. So there's a there's a wrestling podcast I listen to. So if everybody's not familiar, go f- uh, with Effie. Effie is probably like the most loudmouth wrestler in the best kind of way in the business, and he has a podcast. So like he, Wait, does I he agree have, does with he have him. A YouTube. I think he has a YouTube. But anyways, might, he might have popped up in my feed. That sounds familiar. Effie is great, but the point being is is that so I have a conspiracy theory. So I think when Vince punished Triple H and started taking NXT away from him. Like, I just imagine Triple H in his head is just like, all right, I'm going to go away, handle my health for a little bit, but I'll be back in a couple months. And Vince is like, what do you mean by a couple months? It's like, oh, don't worry. You'll see in a couple months. I'll be back. I know everything. So I would not be surprised if Triple H and Stephanie leaked all this information to the press. Oh, specifically Triple H to one, not only get back at Vince for taking NXT away from him, but realizing that with Vince in charge, WWE was not going to be a sustainable product in the next like couple years if, with the way that it was going. So you would... one... Hey, Mikey, there's one problem with your fear with your theory. What would that be? That's his stepson. It doesn't <laughs> matter. No, because no, 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 no. that's the perfect thing. That's the perfect thing. Have you ever seen a mafia movie? That's always the yeah, I, I, I've seen the mafia movies and stuff, but let me put it this way. Because if this comes up in the future and they find out he leaked it and caused this, they're going to keep a close eye on Triple H. Which means What's Vince going to do? He's 78 years old. Well, here's the thing, though. You're never- kidding. We called him the Emperor. Well, okay, here's the the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. So I currently I think it was a three play. So I think Triple H was probably the ringleader in this. But based on where everyone else ended up after Vince retired, like I would not be surprised that this was a collaboration move between Triple H, his wife, Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter and Nick Khan, because Triple H is head of talent relations and creative for all three controls. Stephanie is the co-CEO with Nick Khan. So both of them are the CEOs of WWE right now. And I say within a couple months, if things improve, Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard are going to be out of there real soon. I don't think your theory works. I think it might be if it was purely malicious. I think Vince wouldn't have gotten like the say goodbye or the kind of gentle ease out of it, even though it was relatively fast. I think if it was full conspiracy and they might've tried to dump it a lot sooner, I think they might've given Vince an offer like, Hey, we found this. We're going to take it to the board. You want to resign or do you want to be fired? And he went, ah, okay. And like, and moved on. I I do think there's something at play. This way. He, he he still resigned, but the evidence still went out just in case. Sure, it it might it might seal him off permanently, but only time will tell. I think you're you're onto something, Mikey. I think it's possible. 
Um, I mean, we'll, we'll never really know what happened, but that's just my little theory. And I would not be surprised if that was the truth. But all to say is, is that a new era is upon us. We shall well, see what happens Shane, with everything. Shane is shady as shit, right? Isn't that the whole thing with Shane? But is like- Shane is like an enigma in all this whole thing. Like, I know he's not happy with Vince because of everything that went down. Well, at don't Royal book Rumble this year. Number seven in the Royal Rumble and be one of the last four, you rich douchebag. Of course, yeah. everyone's going to be pissed at you. And Stephanie, like, she did an interview where she said, This is like, I love my brother, but he's going to stay as far away from here as possible. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't blame her because Shane, Shane has a bit of an ego and a power trip too, which is insane to me. So I, not to, I think Shane is and was talented. I mean, he's six four two something. He was a big dude, and he was doing wrestling stuff. It's not like he mailed it in. Some of his matches and some of the stuff that being a high flyer at six five is ridiculous. Some of the stuff Shane did, but I also think it's you know if you're a trust fund kid, what are you doing? Like, if you're if you're rich, no matter what, now you're just meddling with the lives of other people unless you're all in a lot of these wrestlers are nine to they're this is their job you get to go home <laughs> or you know or you could take time off or you could play a different character or whatever yeah Ooh. and it's just like but SummerSlam was great like triple h made his statement and then the week before SummerSlam, and then at the time of this recording monday night raw has occurred but i can start to see the small changes so for example let's go with this monday night raw that finisher you were talking about with AJ Styles, that was insane. Right. It was a triple threat match to see who would go on to face the winner of the other triple mat threat match to be number one contender for Bobby Lashley's U.S. title. AJ Styles took on The Miz and Mustafa off Lee. The finisher was amazing where Mustafa hit a 450, uh, like, spinning, like a 450 splash. And then when he got up, his legs were up in the air as he was coming up with that forward momentum. And AJ Styles just picked him up, put him on a Styles clash, and slammed Mustafa Ali onto the Miz and pinned to get the win. That finish, that finishing to the match was great. But I can start to see the small changes because the pacing was actually pretty good. The women actually got more than five minutes of wrestling right. on Monday. I mean, I still don't like that we have to do DQ finishes, but like that's the least of my problems right now. And the fact that the 24-7 title was nowhere near anywhere on this show. Sure. I got to catch up on Raw. Like, I haven't watched in a long time because I have shit to do all the time. But, yeah, I'd like, I need to. So I'm interested to see how SmackDown this Friday goes. But then I can also see that Triple H has started to right some wrongs. So, okay, really quickly, because I said this multiple times off camera, but NXT 2.0 did the most egregious thing. And they may they let the audience know that tag t- women's tag team wrestling is not a thing. So here's what had happened. So we got new tag team champions in the form of Cora Jade and Roxy Perez. So they beat Toxic Attraction, which is like this women's faction on NXT 2.0. And they became new tag title champs. I was like, awesome, cool. Like, I like both of them. So then the following week, we had a women a women's championship match where Roxy took on the current champion, Mandy Rose, for the NXT women's title, right? So it was going well. I was like, oh, you know what? Roxy could beat 
Mandy, because I know Mandy said she wants she was ready to go back to main roster. And I think she is like she's done everything she can in NXT 2.0 since being sent back down there. Like, I think she's been a cool champ, but she's ready. I'm ready to see her do bigger things on the main roster now. So here's what had happened. So need I remind you, Cora Jade, Roxy's tag team partner in the champ and tag team champion co-owner was at ringside. Roxy's getting ready to put um, Mandy Rose away. Cora Jade takes the tag title and hits Roxy turning heel on her and costing her the match. I'm like, what are we doing? They are the tag team champions. What the hell is happening? And then to further this, uh, me being upset, the following week, Cora Jade comes out, cuts a promo and basically says, you know what? Roxy is like disappointed me. We were friends, but she was using me. I was like, okay, whatever. This is this is the same promo I hear all the time, but it's fine. Then she takes the tag title and pulls a Medusa and drops that thing in the garbage can on TV. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, that's probably not the best message. No, and then at that point, I was like, and this was Vince still running it at the time. Like, Vince just told the world that tag team wrestling is not on his priority list and he doesn't care about them. I was like, but, but, but why, then why did we crown them new champions? It made no sense. And so I was I was so mad. I was like, I was like, I think, oh, no, I think I can translate why he did this. I was I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to get a little after. I'm listen, sorry. Listen, you know, now that I'm hearing this again, you know what they could have been doing here? Because this was still under Vince's control and everything. Maybe it was to get back at Naomi and everything for. Uh, oh, that's definitely what it was. They were like, you know, like, fuck your tag team belts. Sasha, yeah, I was like, fuck your tag team belts. This is what we think about these things. See, but it's the meddling. It's not, it's petty. You're just blowing up storylines for stupid reasons. And Vince well, don't give two fucks. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. That's why like, Vince, Vince, that's why Vince is terrible. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like NXT 2.0, I know is developmental, but let's just let's just make stories that make sense. So then this was at Vince. And then I think Triple H saw this when he came in. It's like, oh, no, let's fix this right now. So last week on Tuesday, Roxy was out for a little bit um, and she cut a promo saying she's like, you know what? I'm going to get back at Cora Jade. Like she was so disrespectful to the tag titles. It's like, that's not how she literally took shots at Vince in her promo where she's like, these tag team wrestling is a thing. It's important. People love it. And women's tag teams are amazing. And she's like, Cora J didn't respect that. Other people seem to not have respected. And she's like, you know what? And then she calmed down in her promo and Roxy's like, you know what? I'm going to get back at Cora J. But in order to do that, I don't want to bring this title down even more so that and in the promo, she relinquished the tag titles. But let me. So that was that. I was like, OK, you know what? She's like, I'm going to relinquish my half of the title. And Cora Jade already relinquished hers. And so she's like, they're they need to be put on women that are going to carry these titles with pride. And then but she's like, but I got one thing to do before that. And then in her promo, walking in, holding a trash can where the other tag title is that Cora Jade threw away. Who should walk in but the OG legend Medusa herself, Alondra Blaze, walks in and she's like, you know what? 
And she literally cut a promo too. She's like, you know what, Roxy? Many years ago, I did a horrible mistake by throwing the women's title into the garbage. And that has haunted me ever since. But I'm here to rectify the situation with this current situation so it doesn't happen again. So next week on NXT 2.0, we will be holding a fatal four-way elimination match to crown new women's tag team champions. I was like, damn, Alondra Blaze is back. I was like, I feel like she shouldn't have to apologize for what she did. But still, to see her come back with this thing, I was like, okay. Triple H was like, nah, we need to save this real quick and put an end to it. I just double checked. How old do you think Alondra Blaze is? I say she's in her late 40s. Late 40s? Any any, any guesses? Late 40s? Mid 50s. According to the Google. 60s. Alondra Blaze is 58 years old. Damn. She's almost in the 60s. Boy, oh boy. Like that's. And it's really funny because it lists. I was like, I double checked because I was like, I thought. I mean, I know she was around because I remember stories and stuff. And it's like retired in 2000. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I also want to put out there how old I feel. Well, we're kind of um, Randy Orton's in his 40s now. Yeah, that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he's been doing this for 20 years. Keep in mind, the dude motherfucker still has another 15 years left. Oh, easy. <laughs> Have you seen like look at the early matches from 20 years ago? And what was it? Randy Orton and John Cena were like teenagers just rocking each other. He was 21 and he won the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I mean, 21 years old. And you were, I was doing that 21 buying ladders. <laughs> like for wrestling purposes or just because you have no. a ladder election? Like you just want to. That was just a joke because America's. I was, I was at 21. What was I doing at 21? I was having friends from high school ask me to buy them alcohols as the first one to turn 21. I thought you were buying ladders. You, you said you were. That was at eighteen. That was that was that was I missed missed. That was at eighteen. Oh. It'd be eighteen to buy a ladder. You're buying like rare ladders or just? No, it's ladder. just funny how to be eighteen to buy a ladder. So it was a joke. You gotta be eighteen to buy a ladder. He yeah. lives in Arizona. Where in Arizona you can't what? You also have to be eighteen to hold puppies in the mall. I mean that makes more sense because you don't need teenagers spiking them or throwing them at the escalator. But in a ladder. <laughs> Let me put yep. it this way. Let me, let me put it this way. For geography, you can hurt yourself with the ladder. Yes, you can. I jumped off one. The, okay, as someone who did job training in school, ladder safety is a serious thing. I have learned the hard way. Someone who's fallen off two ladders doing technical theater. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I was on a ladder that split at the top, and I had to duct tape it to stay at the top of the ladder. Oh, no. Um, that was you almost just... my own personal ladder match at that point. <laughs> you should buy... you... Eight, 18 to buy a ladder in Arizona? That's a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... Who, ru- who ruined ladders for kids in Arizona? <laughs> who knows? I, 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 I just I work here, man. I don't believe one of your kids, Professor, could buy a ladder. <laughs> I mean, some of them are some of them are dumb as a hammer, if you know what I mean. And I don't think they would know what a ladder is. But I don't. I don't think we have that in California. I'm pretty sure anyone not that I'm aware of can just buy a ladder. I didn't know you have to be 18. <laughs> That's insane. But to be fair, some states still hold their prohibition laws. But let's be honest, they don't follow them. I mean, that's true. Sodomy is illegal in South Dakota. That's why they all go north. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, because like that is a loaded statement with the the current state of the world is going at the moment. Oh, it's topical and strange. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but, uh, this, now North Dakota. I mean, now, I'm not saying causation is correlation. I'm just saying. Now, now I wish the meme was true. Ohio does not exist. That way I don't have to worry about all your problems. I'm in Ohio. I don't exist. I want to say it was Wyoming was the Native American word for reason. Nothing, right? Yeah, because it's like. <laughs> but if you've been through Wyoming, that's a that's a different part of the world. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to give the product about a month or two to see like what right. big changes are. But the fact that these the pacing the pacing has been better already, and like things make sense, and we actually get wrestling on a wrestling show is yeah. I'm interested to see what Triple H and Stephanie era is going to bring to the weekly television product. I think their first big test is going to be in September because I'm interested to see how they're going to build to the next pay-per-view clash at the castle, which is the big UK show that they're doing. That's the one I really want to see. I, I Triple H, I like Triple H as a promo and a heel. And like as a character, as a wrestler, of course, you know, he put the time in, but I've never thought that know, that's a different podcast. But yeah, I always thought Triple H is fantastic, a great performer, cuts the best promos, always has really good storylines and other stuff. But I'm really glad that someone like that is in charge. As and opposed as to it, just Vince, who still thinks it's 1984 and you can't have a women's champion if she's not pretty enough, which was something that really came out and he really said, apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, and that. Uh, well, at least the emperor is dead now. We threw I mean, we, th- we we threw him into we the hope. death. We threw him into the death star. We exploded him. We got hope that the cloning facilities were shut off. Cloning facilities. <laughs> we hope, but I am cautiously uh, I am cautiously optimistic, and then I will give my full support if I like what I see at Clash at the Castle. Because they can't change things overnight, but from what I've seen so far, I'm like I'm cautiously optimistic. But, Give it like four or five months, and you're probably going to start getting some actual, you know, WWE television. Yeah, so like for me, the first milestone is going to be see how they. I'm very interested to see how they're going to with Triple H in charge. What? How are we booking the main event for Clash at the Castle? Does Roman still hold the titles at the end of it, or do we get Drew McIntyre to be the one to dethrone Roman? <laughs> Finally. I'm interested in that. I did not. I've not heard of that pay per view. I just pulled it up. Like, oh, this looks cool. Um, I, uh, I don't want to say this, so I'll say this in code. I think that yeah, I can say this for real. That's fine. As much as I hate some of the writing of the Attitude Era, at least they were taking risks and chances with things. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, Vince Russo is a horrible person. Fine, I get it. But a lot of the stuff <laughs> came to the top there. And like it was sustainable that you had, you know, theater, as a theater person, the characters that could fill these huge epic archetypes. Uh, that's why it survived and what it did. I think Vince was just running on empty because he just didn't have a room that sort of cast of writers and creatives around him. He just was a mob boss. He put old timey white dudes in charge and went, make it, make it work. And if that is like why. It, pull you. And ultimately, looking back at this timeline, 
I mean, things were always set off, but I think the big moment that kind of avalanched everything was when the news report broke that Naomi and Sasha walked out of Monday Night Raw. I, I remember that, yeah. So like, I wonder, that, I, I wonder if Triple H can get them to come back. I have read reports recently that he's been in talks with Naomi and Sasha to bring them back because Triple H isn't stupid. I mean, Na- I love both of them. Naomi, I think, will definitely come back, but. I listen because Triple H isn't stupid because Sasha Banks is like a big money grabber for WWE. And I know and we all know that if she goes anywhere else, that is going to be the biggest L in recent history for (laughs) WWE. The the fact that they screwed up with one of the four new the four horsewomen of the current women's division, mind I add you. And I have to look at Vince. I'm like, listen, I know you don't like NXT. But she's one of the four women that brings in the most money for your women's division. And you're just going to let her go. I'm like, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, you better get on this phone. You better do whatever it takes, because if she goes to Impact, New Japan, AEW, like any of these other promotions, you're going to hold this. You're going to hold this L for the longest time. Well, Well, no, now we can blame Triple H because he Vincent McMahon's no longer in charge. But this is is why she's gone. Yeah, Vince is the reason why she and Naomi are gone because they tried to go to him because they were the women. Like we said this in previous podcasts, but they were the women's tag team champions on the main roster. And they were about to be booked to lose to the champions to push the champions up the card and put them in standing. I'm like. You can't put champion versus champion like that because you run the risk of stock being lost in one of the two champions that lost. And the fact that your women's tag team champions have not defended the title since they won them at WrestleMania and they tried to pitch creative ways and they were willing to work with it. Like I would have been interested if those two took on the team of Nikki and Dewdrop. like that was supposed to be in the works. I was like, that could have been a fun story. But Vince was like, nah, we're. We're going to book you. You're going to lose to the champions of the singles champions. And they're just like, you know what? They went to John Laurinaitis. They couldn't get with Vince. They tried for the whole time. They weren't having it. They went back to John Laurinaitis's office, dropped off the top tag team titles to them and left. So instead of trying to work something out with them. Oh, I was so pissed when this happened because it happened before the show started and then Michael Cole had to give this stupid ass speech. It's like we were just we wanted to form the WWE audience that Sasha and Naomi had left. And the biggest middle finger was this is like they disappointed the WWE universe. I was like, are you serious? I'm like, is this what we're doing right now? We're trying I, to guilt trip them back in. I was so pissed when that happened. Everybody was. There's a lot of drama there. I did not know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah a lot of people Damn. will. Because well, I, a I lot do. Of will... Go ahead. Sorry. A lot of people will blame Vince McMahon. But if Triple H can't get them back. There's still going to be some fans that will blame Triple H. I know that. Well, it's going to happen. Saying. But yeah, it's going to think... happen. I think what oh. gives Triple H an edge in getting them back is the fact that I know for sure Sasha Banks has nothing but positive things to say about Triple H because 
remember Triple H was in charge when she was in NXT and like this was when she was pink hair Sasha Banks like the baby Sasha Banks like Triple H was in charge and helped uh, being her establish herself as a star so I know there's a good relation there and from other wrestlers and from what I hear like almost all the locker room loves Triple H he's like the dad of of WWE backstage so yeah. it's just like, a, have you seen the video of him doing the pep talk where he has like all of them? In I the love room it just so talking? much. It was so good. It was like, oh, that's what you want in a room. Vince would never do that ever. No. So, okay. So Vince like one of what solidified Triple H, me loving Triple H as a backstage person to help the talent grow was when they had the second May Young Classic, which is an all women's tournament. The winner gets a trophy and ultimately the winner gets signed to WWE. So. I remember distinctly that going into that tournament, there was a, and she was in WWE. Now she's in impact now, but Mia Yim. Was that recently? Lo- or was that yeah. a long time ago? It was like 2000, it was like 2018, 2019. So okay. it's somewhat recently, right. but Mia Yim, she was part of the tournament. She lost the second round against the eventual winner, Kyrie Sane. So I remember and they had like real backstage segments of like the wrestlers after the matches, like some of the girls were crying and things like that, because it was just like they they didn't know until during the match if they were going to go to the next round. And so Mia was outside backstage. She was a little upset, but, you know, she was taking it as good as she can. And so Triple H walks over to her like and this is a real thing for me, like it wasn't scripted, but Triple H was hugging her telling her she did an amazing job. Like she should, should be proud of making it this far. And he was just telling her the crowd is so behind her. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the crowd because during the whole match, they're like, please sign Mia. It's like, well, guess what, Mia? You have an NXT contract. He gave it to her. He had her sign it. And then the video ended with her just crying and just being super excited to be part of WWE, something she's been working towards forever. And I'm like, AAA is that guy. That's that's a great point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that continues. Because money corrupts people. And I'd like uh, to think that oh, Stephanie McMahon. Absolutely. I'd like to think that Stephanie McMahon knows enough of the good things Vince might have done business wise. And now that Shane is kind of like, there's potential there. You're absolutely right. I like Khan. I think Khan's going to do great things. It if he like helped, he yeah, if he, if he helped Stephanie and Triple H get Vince out, I was like, all right, my opinion has changed. I'm like, I'm going to give you some credit, bro. I mean, your conspiracy <laughs> thing might be right. There might, I think there's something else there. Unless Vince, you know, all of a sudden in six months, I don't want to say it, but if something happens to Vince magically, like a strange ladder, <laughs> a strange ladder accident in Arizona or something, you know what I mean? Like something happens. Oh my goodness. Like, Wait, what happened to Vince? And then, you know, now it's like, oh, that's a very strange sequence of events. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I said, we'll Vince see you in the next couple months. Was killed by a single magic card to the throat. We don't know how exactly. or why, but it happened, people. It, Vince, Vince McMahon was found dead in Nia Jax's hot tub. We don't know what happened, but we know that Vince is no longer alive. It's it is insane. But all right, so I want to end. I want to end this little chat real quick. So, like, I, we briefly mentioned it at the very beginning, but SummerSlam was the thing that happened this past weekend. But so was the uh, small little pay per view entitled Ric Flair's Last Match. Ah, uh, yes. Was it, no. last? Was it his last, though? I hope it's his last, because... You're saying he's going to go on tour. He's so, older than dirt. He needs to be 
Done. Yeah. Is he old like, dirt? Let me check dirt. Hang on. I was like, sir, like we are this old. Like we oh, we gotta shit. we gotta stop here. But uh, but let me let me just run this down real quick. So what? Sorry, I just found an image and I'm like, what in the hell are you doing, Flair? Sorry, carry on. How how old is Flair, by the way? Uh, anyone want to guess? I say he's like in his seventies. Is he like eighty-two? So Vince himself is what seventy-five, right? Seventy-seven or seventy-eight? One of the two. Hang on, we're gonna we're gonna play a quick impromptu game here, <laughs> thanks to search engines and the Google. All right, great. So Vince McMahon is seventy-six. Is Ric oh. Flair older or younger than oh, Vince I, McMahon? I, I think he's older. Older than Vince. So you yes. think he's 77 and up? Yes. Okay. Anyone else? I'll take younger. Younger? By how much? What do you think? A year. Over under? A what? A year. I think he's a, a year, year younger. Sure. Minnie, do you care how old Dirt is? I, he is definitely older than Vince. <laughs> he's older than Vince? Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! You got to tell me what the hell happened here, man. Because I'm just seeing photos now. Um, Rick Flair did a lot of crazy shit. I read his biography. It's nuts. Rick, Rick, Rick Flair is apparently a horrible person too, depending on who you talk to. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that too. Because talk about this yes. if you want. Vince McMahon is 76. Rick Flair is 73. Damn! How oh, the fuck is he younger than Vince? There is no way in hell he is. <laughs> I that's. I, I, oh, I mean, we forgot. I, we, Mikey, we forgot. What? The Rhea Ripley thing. Oh, we're gonna end on that one because that's a good thing. <laughs> okay. I, I, I beat I beat you all by guessing younger. I may have not got the exact one, but I guess younger. You're both older. Oof. Ah. Ric Flair is looking a lot older than he actually is, but yeah, Rick you Flair know, looks multiple, 104. <laughs> multiple but. years of blading yourself will do that to you. But anyways. I, so, so why why are you seventy three and blading yourself? Okay, so like uh, just to get into this whole thing, so go get him, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> so SummerSlam was on Saturday, and Sunday was the pay per view for Ric Flair's last match. Honestly, before the pay per view even started, I looked at the card. It was actually pretty decent. Like some of the matches looked really amazing. Like. So the main event was obviously going to be Ric Flair in it, but it was Ric Flair and his son-in-law, Andrade, <laughs> of AEW, because he's married to Charlotte, so that's that's fun. But it was Ric Flair and Andrade taking on, in a tag team match, taking on Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor fame, and his arch nemesis for this building of this match, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> So yeah, like I said, Jeff Jarrett refereed for WWE on Saturday and then almost tried to kill Ric Flair on Sunday. Nah. I hear I hear the two names Jeff Jarrett. And I'm thinking of the most average man possible. I mean you're That's not right. beating, that, that is, that, if you were to describe what Jeff Jarrett looks like, think of the most average man with a guitar. Average white man with a guitar. Like the most C plus country musician you've ever thought of. Listen, okay. Mickey James okay. is a better country star. I'm just saying, but let's you know. Let, let me put it this way: I'm picturing a the most average man wearing a cowboy hat with a guitar now. But versus anyways, versus so this buff. I'm gonna send a picture in the chat. Buff yeah, old so. man. That's what average, I'm picturing. Yeah, you're, what you're picturing is probably exactly right. Yeah. 
But anyway, so that was the main event. But the rest of the card looked really good. Like the probably the matches I was looking forward to is like you have for like it was just a bunch of wrestlers from across all of the different wrestling promotions, minus WWE, of course, because God forbid WWE works with other promotions. But anyways, like the Impact Championship champ, the Impact Champion Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. I was like. Yo, this match is going to be a banger. And it was until a DQ finished happened from Matt Cardona. I'm like, damn you, Matt Cardona. I love you, but why? And then the triple threat for the Knockouts Women's Championship between Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace and all that. And then that was here's. So I gave that pay-per-view overall like a C, a, a, a generous C because the main event was garbage, but the rest of the matches were great. My biggest problem was they were all super short or were done with DQ finishes. Why is DQ finishes a thing? I would think that wrestling would have wanted to get away with that since nobody likes them. Uh, to Because I can't think of another creative way to end a match and keep somebody not looking like a chump yeah. or being pinned. I don't want to lose. Well, I don't want to lose. Let's DQ them. Like, uh. It's... I'm tired of that. I'm also tired of like the surprise roll-ups finishes too. I'm so, ugh, can we stop with those? But it is what it is. But and then those the main are, event. Those are cued. Those are cued by the ref, though, right? Isn't that a thing? I don't know. Like I've heard reports that the it's mostly the wrestlers that determine what finishes to use, but like they don't like, even know until like before they go out. Vince will tell them in gorilla position, be like, "Hey, you're gonna get rolled up." I'm like, "What?" Like, sometimes they don't even know how the match is going to finish until they literally, before they go out there. That's what I was reading about this pay-per-view, is that there was a bunch of last-minute changes and crazy shit that happened. Apparently. Yeah, for, so here's the thing. Like, the rest of the card was fine. It's just that all the matches were too short, in my opinion, or DQ finished happened. And then we got to the main event. It was supposed to be a tag team match between flair and andrade versus jay lethal and jared but it was more like a two-on-one handicap match because it was mostly andrade versus jeff jared and jay lethal and rick flair was flopping all over the place i was like bro i'm glad this is your last match you need to retire sir what i'm reading is that it was not a good look apparently no and then there was also reports too that mick foley was talking shit about wwe too i was like you go mick foley which is weird because he signed a Legends deal with them, too. But I was just like, you know what? Mick Foley's going to be Mick Foley. Like, they can't really say no. They can't really do anything to him because oh if God. they did anything, the to Mick Foley photo, is like... <laughs> I'm seeing a photo in the background of... I'm seeing a photo of Ric Flair all bloody. And right behind him is just a who's who of, like, WWE Legends. And they all just look so disappointed. <laughs> The Undertaker and Mick Foley and this other uh, that looks like Bret Hart's back there. They're all just like, Rick, what are you doing? Like, they're just disappointed. I'll send this it, to you all. So yeah. So that was a big disappointment. But let's end on one moment that caught me so off guard on Monday Night Raw. So to preface by saying this, so Judgment Day and the Judgment Day came out. So the main event of Monday Night Raw was the Dominic and Rey Mysterio taking on the Usos in a tag team championship match. So they were nobody knows why the Mysterios were challenged. The Usos for the titles. There was like no number one contendership, but whatever. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. So ultimately they lose judgment day comes out. They start messing with Dominic and Ray. And then Dominic gets in the corner, right? And he's just like, oh no, what's about to happen? 
And then Rhea Ripley hops up onto the turnbuckle and just begins to head and scissor the crap out of Dominic Mysterio. What? It is like... She, yeah, she starts crushing Dominic's head with her thighs, and uh, then it was proceeds to be like Dominic's living everybody's dream. Hang on, so, click to the Google. I need to double uh, check and make sure you're accurate. I am going to be posting this right now. Hold up. Typing in something I shouldn't type into Google. This is this is this is podcasting. This is everyone. This is why we have contact warnings. Oh, it's not a horrible thing, but like, I'm gonna put yeah, it in here. Yep, I put it in the chat in the commentary. Ave Maria. I I know. <laughs> I know this is the worst I... thing we've talked about. Uh, this is the worst thing we've talked about. No, my friend. I, I said it. Well, you clearly missed the uh, what is uh, what is you know certain types of matches the Bukaki and threesome. I don't know. Go back to our first fire side. Time, time, time to talk about orgies again. I, everyone needs a hobby. Uh, I, I, this is, this is a thing. Wow. And as soon as I saw that, I found it on, as soon as I saw it on my television, I immediately went to the internet to find it. And then I sent it over to Minnie. I'm like, Minnie, I was like, we got, I was like, we got to figure out how we need to take Dominic's place. Oh my God. We're good. We're good. I'll tell you what we need. She just sent me, she just sent me the picture. I was like living my dream. So I said it, I've actually said it on the podcast before. I want her to smash my head with her thighs. I've said that before on the podcast. I mean, there's a subreddit okay. for that. Okay, I know, I know, I know how we can do this. We're going to need to figure out how to get to to Pain Town, find a time machine, use it, grab a spaceship, and then we can do it. Listen, if in all honesty, like. I just want I just want a hug from Rhea Ripley and then I can die peacefully. Rhea, Rip- Rhea yep. just sounds like the coolest person ever. <laughs> like minus me objectifying her and what I want her to sure. do to me. Like honestly, she is the nicest person. She's super sweet. Yeah, this sounds like super cool. She's just so down to earth. And the fact that she's only in her t- like mid twenties yeah. and just killing it on the roster. I'm just like Rhea Ripley. You are my hero, Bianca Belair. You are my hero. I love you too, but I'm not going to fight Montez Ford because he can kick the crap out of me if he wanted to. Honestly, I just, yes. just want to hang out with her and the Street Profits like at a barbecue or something. I'd be like, maybe a good time. I've said that I want somebody to put me through a table and I would rather be at Rhea Ripley put me through a table when we all hang out in person. So I've said, if we all hang out in person, I'm going through a table. Every time I hear her name, I'm picturing that person fighting an alien or a xenomorph right now. Because yeah. Ripley fighting is in a morph? Because Ripley <laughs> yeah. for, she's, for she's just as bad as her. I yes. I mean, there's a subreddit for that too. Yeah, I think that you would enjoy. <sighs> Ripley <laughs> is just the coolest. I don't know, man. That's hard to describe. Like, listen, oh. we're gonna put this out in the universe, WWE. If you want to have the Friday Night Fights gang like be backstage <laughs> correspondents <laughs> or do some sort of skit. On a future Please episode of Raw SmackDown, hey, no, it has to be Raw. Like sponsored Friday there, Night Fights. Yes, I will say, and this is, and you, this is Hollis. kind of inspired by you, Mikey, and this is breaking news on the podcast. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm pulling a Simon Miller. I'm looking at the local 
called Pacific Coast Wrestling here in town. It's not far away from here. They're doing trainings. They're doing shows in Sacramento in small towns between Orville, Yuba, and Redding out this way. And me and my buddy are like, you know what? We might be old, but I could take a bump. All right. Yes! Okay. <laughs> As, I looked at the, uh, the roster. They're all, I mean, there's some young talent for sure, but there's some dudes in there that I'm like, hey, I mean, I'm bigger than you. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Um, Honestly, like it's never too late to at least do some training, even if you don't want to make I, it as a I career. Because really I do fight choreography, you know, yeah. anyway. So I'm really interested in like mechanics and the moves in wrestling itself. But as a theater person, as an improv guy, like, oh, I can run my mouth all day. You want me to get in the ring and just talk? Oh, I could be a manager tomorrow. <laughs> honestly, I that's okay. Honestly, that's gonna be like for future goals, like that Friday night field trip where we just go do a wrestling school. <laughs> For hey, like hey, a week. Uh, hey, 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 I already did wrestling. I don't have to. <laughs> uh, well, Santino Brothers down in LA is apparently doing some really great stuff. Um, there's a, oh, I can't, well, Calgary, which is kind of Mecca, right? You go up there, everybody's a pro wrestler in some way. Um, there's Shh. indie promotions Shh. all over the place, except for it, Arizona where you can't use a ladder. Like, that's frowned upon. That's your 18. You gotta be 18. You just, you just gotta no, be 18. No, no, you can use a ladder. Just can't buy one. That is mm, facts. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and on that lovely note, I think we're going to call this episode there. Uh, we discussed a lot. We had some fun. Could you imagine but, being 16 and getting arrested for climbing a ladder? <laughs> like them just geez. being like, you're going to juvie because you climbed a ladder. Like, and where's your ID? Uh, 16, <laughs> get him! Tackle him off the ladder. Like, like Edge, Jeff Hardy style, just tackle him off of the ladder. Before we go, quick updates. You, Ubisoft, I will not say the game's name, but they have just added their Egyptian warrior to their fighting game. Hooray. Cool. And oh. Sorry, go ahead. And for Magic the Gathering, we're going back to Domi- Dominaria, and there's Phyrexians there again. Sweet. Speaking of video games, really quickly before we do the sign off, I do want to say the other thing that broke kind of wrestling related news is that the AEW video game is now for pre-order. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, who's doing it? Uh, I believe it's like Tyco Studios, I believe. I think they're the ones that did like the early 2K games for WWE or some Look, sort of subsidiary yeah, of that. Austin Creed was pissed at his ranking. I don't blame him. Austin Creed was <laughs> that. That was that's so a, funny to that's watch. A really funny let, YouTube let, dive on G4 if you can go find it, folks. Let me put it this way. The only way I will ever play a wrestling video game is if they just go completely ham on it like it's an anime fighting game. That's all they the, are, dude. No, they're not. I played them. It's okay. it's literally I just walk up and I just go in circles. That I don't know if that's an old wrestling game. I mean, but I, have not, I found it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> if Ubisoft listen, made a Wicked the Musical game, you'd be all over it, right? Like, listen. Where is, wait, wait. Did you, okay. It depends <laughs> on who makes it. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, no. Ub- Mikey, Ub- sign Ub- off quick. Don't let him take Ub- the reins. Go, go, go. Ub- no. Ub- if Ubisoft makes it, probably not. Because I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to get halfway through the game. And then it's going to say, oh, you want the more interesting stuff? Like, you want to know what happens after the story? Here, buy this DLC. 
in the future, if Ubisoft wants to sponsor us and stay performer ever, the views and the views and opinions of the people on this podcast do not reflect overall mission of the Vibe Tribe Productions. Hey, 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 hey. It is amazing. I play for honor. Dang it, I was that I didn't want to say it out loud. That's why I called the fighting game. I play for honor. And I love the game, so I yeah. Have the fact that we're getting another wrestling game that's not WWE is a milestone because the last time huge. a non WWE wrestling game was TNA back in the early two thousands. Like TNA had a wrestling backyard game. wrestling. That part backyard wrestling. Oh yeah, that game was a blast. We get to play as ICP and everything. Oh, oh my god! So the fact that we're getting another major promotion and they're releasing a video game with. That's not WWE to me is a milestone. I might pick it up and check it out, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. But I still gotta get on that part. Dog presents. I still gotta get on one of the WWE 2K games to make our characters in the game. I still gotta do that. Hey, 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 listeners, make Mikey a (laughs) WWE Darkest Dungeon mod, please. (laughs) I want to watch him play the game on a YouTube channel on something. I want to see him get sad when he accidentally kills one of his wrestlers. Oh my goodness, that would be ridiculous. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that will cover it for tonight. Thank you for joining us in this madhouse of an episode. When we come back next time, we will be pretty much at the go-home show for the Resurrection pay-per-view. So until then, see y'all later. Take care with each other. And as always, we let the good times roll. So see you next time. Bye. And we are out. So we.